0: Hello and welcome to another podcast. In this episode, we are talking about Black Christmas.
1: Yes, Black Christmas made in 1975. Let me double check um, that. I actually was reading the back, uh, yeah, the back of the Blu-ray and it said, uh, considered the first slasher movie uh, mm. made in Canada.
0: Yeah, Bob Clark. <laughs> he of Christmas <laughs> story fame and Porkies.
1: And Porkies, I've seen a lot of slasher films.
0: I've seen a lot of slasher films too.
1: i would never seen this one before and it was awesome.
0: It was so awesome. <laughs>
1: it was so good. Okay, like there's so many, actually there's a lot of things to talk about. So so this movie was filmed at U of T. Um, it's very In obvious. And around, yeah. Yeah, like it's very obvious because I went to U of T and I recognize many of the buildings, uh, the interiors and the exteriors.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, anyone who drives by U of T will see these buildings.
1: Yeah. Um, it was that's nice. University of
0: Toronto in case Yes.
1: University of Toronto in Ontario, Canada. Canada. <laughs> Canada. Um, so yeah, it was very obvious that it was filmed there, which was very nice to see. And the sorority house also looked quite familiar. There's a chance I've been in there before. I'm not totally sure. All the sorority houses in and around the U of T campus are, uh, almost a hundred years old at this point. And it was just very authentic. Like it was, you know, the, old dark wood mahogany paneling and the stained glass windows and the really kind of opulent banister staircases. Like, it that's what the houses look like there. So, so that was really, really cool. I believe that I was in a sorority house and right from the first scene you see all of the sorority girls hanging out together. I truly believed we were seeing a bunch of sorority girls from the mid-70s. It just seemed very convincing. I don't know, like everything about this movie I felt the characters were really fleshed out considering it's a slasher movie and normally characters aren't given that much personality. I felt like they all had a personality and I cared about all of them.
0: That's why I think it's important that it's Bob Clark making the movie because if you watch Christmas Story and even to an extent Porky's, uh, Christmas Story is all about characters. I mean it's not a slasher movie. He he never made the same movie twice and so it, it was always about uh, the the characters and how their own personalities fit into the stories. And so there's a, always a good interplay between story and character.
1: It spent a good amount of time exploring all the characters' plot, you know, personalities, uh, like kind of a glimpse into all of their lives, like, it, some movies do that a little too much, some movies do it not enough, and there was enough scary stuff in this movie. There were some horror elements. Jason, you had mentioned that this was one of the first movies that used the point of view of the killer.
0: Yeah, so this is actually 1974 and Halloween doesn't come out until 1978. Right. And Halloween is, for some reason, mistaken as the first film to do this because the opening shot of Halloween is that long tracking shot. Beautiful. I, I love this Halloween. It's a Great movie. Um, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, Black Christmas is better because it did the, the POV of the killer first. I'm just saying that Black Christmas was four years ahead of its time. It just gets kind of relegated to the sidelines because it's a Canadian film.
1: The shots that are done from the killer's point of view are really scary. The the sound effects are really great. I mean, I kind of expected before watching this movie that it would end up being really, really cheesy, like mm. a cheesy horror, but well, it didn't we really just feel seen that way.
0: Another really bad slasher movie yeah. that was really cheesy Yeah, and was everything that you would almost be afraid that this movie would have become. And
1: and this movie did not feel super cheesy to me. Like even, I mean, yes, there were obviously a lot of tropes that we've seen in movies before, but for its time, it was all brand new. That's right. So all of the phone calls were legitimately really creepy to me, yeah. even though it's a it's a trope we're all familiar with. And, um, you know, killer hiding in the attic, killer slowly picking off girls one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, it showed this movie had, I think, an appropriate amount of gore for the time period I, um, it's
0: not even a gory movie though.
1: well it's not even that gory but, but i mean I there, was, there was there was blood
0: few shots of blood though. there are
1: shots of blood but there are shots of corpses
0: that's right but the, they're arranged in bizarre positions rather positions
1: than, yeah the, the, it's very much like a shock factor like the, look at this but
0: it's shocking not because it's gory it's shocking because you're not understanding the spatial relationship of these figures like i i I don't I've seen this movie a many times. I actually I think the first time I saw it was in on TV when I was like eleven or twelve and it just traumatized me. But there wasn't really much that they had to edit out because there's not that much gore in the movie. But I don't even even watching it now, I, I can't even remember what it is that I saw about the corpses, because it's like what who would you belong to whose body? Well, like, it is
1: hard, like especially with the scene with the two girls on the bed. Sorry, that is
0: a, this shot. I mean, in yeah, particular. like
1: that is it's hard to figure out what's going on because they're positioned in such a way that's very like bizarrely erotic, but also scary, and it's yeah. like this and, man is
0: clearly crazy.
1: Well, yeah, it was it was like the the deaths were all kind of unique as well. Like I remember, like the okay, the first one is is scary because this you know suffocation and. You see that corpse for quite a while. You see, you see many, many shots of that corpse. Like I think you see that the shot of her face, like probably like eight times at least afterwards.
0: It is definitely a signature. Yeah, and then
1: the other death, like the death that comes right after, is also really like you do not expect that. I I didn't expect it to happen like that. I knew she was going to die when she, you know, Mm, mm. I knew she was going to die. We're trying not to spoil too much, but like
0: because we think you should watch this movie. Yeah, if
1: you haven't seen this movie, you definitely should because even if you've seen many slasher movies many movies about killers preying on girls, many movies about killers, you know, in a house lurking or whatever, this movie will probably bring something new.
0: It does because it, it wasn't, it didn't, it's a horror movie before they got meta, and it's a horror movie before there were even the rules. Mm-hmm. And it set the the standard and the prototype for how the rules would actually be deployed in these movies. Yeah. And so it's not doing anything as a matter of formality. It's doing it as a matter of plot. And so everything kind of makes perfect logical sense as to why it's happening. You're never like, wait, why did this happen? Oh, because it has to happen in this way. Because yeah. that's the standard genre.
1: Yeah, I was actually very pleasantly surprised that none of the characters in this movie seem to do anything really stupid. You always, yeah. like, slasher films, you know, a signature trope of slasher films is that... You know, the the victim is always putting themselves into a situation that they're mm-hmm. never going to escape from. Or well, they're always like they're... doing something dumb. Or they never truly believe they're in danger until it's too late. It, it's, they're it's... trying to
0: match this level of... Of intensity and so they have to place their characters into these idiotic situations that normally they would not otherwise be in. Yeah,
1: but I believed in this movie that everyone seemed to be reacting to this situation pretty appropriately, which Mm -hmm. is very surprising to me in a movie from the mid-70s. Like, I kind of thought that at this time people would act in a stupid way. It it seemed very realistic that the first time the characters go to the campus police, they're just kind of laughing about it because, Mm -hmm. because like, that's kind of what would happen. And then... Not today, though. Today, no. But at today, the time... Today, that campus would be
0: on lockdown. Yeah, no,
1: no. I, at the time, it's very believable, though, that when the first girl goes missing, they're just like, well, what boys has she been hanging well, out with? So that was,
0: <laughs> I think maybe this is an interesting point, now that we've sold the movie, that we should right. talk a little bit about the elements yes. of the movie. It was very interesting watching this movie, because I've always just been alone watching this movie. It was very interesting watching this movie with you, because we were having a... Ongoing discussion about the sort of sexual and gender politics yeah, of the movie. Very like, interesting. I didn't really think about it until I mean I had sort of thought about it in the back corner, but not being a woman, uh, the the conversations that Olivia Hussey has in this movie.
1: Yeah. So, the, yeah, there's a lot of elements of gender bias and a lot of sexism and because... The, the but this perspective... movie is not
0: sexist or, or gender biased. Yeah, and it's
1: not. It actually, like, tackles those issues in a really surprising way. Because and
0: refreshing it, for the time.
1: Really refreshing for the time. I was it's, very it's not, surprised.
0: The photography might be a bit dated, but everything they're talking about is not dated.
1: Yeah, not at all. Um, oh, sorry, please continue. Well, well, the whole the whole movie is basically from the perspective of these women who are in the sorority house. And they deal with a lot of men throughout the movie, and the men are pretty patronizing towards them. Don't take them too seriously. Are kind of telling them what to do, and they kind of don't care. Like they're mm-hmm. they're not really standing up for any shit. So it happens mm-hmm. over and over. Like you know that that one really subtle scene where they where they tell the girls, oh, there's there's a man outside. You'll be fine. And they're just like right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like well, well, so it's funny because as an audience today, we kind of roll our eyes. Yeah. And The the characters in the movie. The characters movie...
1: are doing it too.
0: Right afterwards, they follow through with it. They're like, yeah-huh, yeah. Yeah, huh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's sure, this, we're fine. It, it was this great moment of connection across 30 or 40, uh, 40, years, of, uh, 40 years of history. 40, 40 years almost, years of yeah. History at this point, that um, it, yeah. it's more relevant today than a lot of the slasher movies were, even from the 1980s.
1: Yeah, it definitely showed us a lot of gender politics that, like, that I didn't expect them to tackle. So obviously the biggest one in this movie is the issue of abortion. So, mm. you know, one of the main characters, if not the main character, not really spoiling anything, but she finds out she's pregnant and she wants an abortion. And the discussion surrounding it is very realistic for the time because her boyfriend objects and she's just like, no, I made up my mind. Uh-huh. We're not talking about this uh-huh. anymore. And she yeah. kind of, she, she's completely, and she's giving good reasons. She's just like, there are things I want to accomplish in my life, there are things I want to do. There are things you want to do, but just because you don't want to do those things doesn't mean my life has to change. Like, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what she says. Uh And I'm just like, wow. Because, Uh like, you you wouldn't expect... I didn't expect an issue like that to be tackled in a movie of this time and also for the response to be that. And I was a little bit, you know, concerned that it would go in a different direction when the detective on the phone says... He overhears their conversation. He says, can you explain that to me? Can you tell me what's going on? And she says oh yeah, I'm pregnant and I don't want to keep the baby. And I kind of had a moment where I thought that he was going to say something to her, but instead he's all business. He's just like
0: mm-hmm.
1: moving on. Like he he just, he doesn't really say, because that's the same character that's a bit patronizing towards the women earlier in the movie.
0: This I thought was the interesting element because in the way that he is patronizing, it's simply as a matter of doing his job. So yeah. he asks, you know, does she have any emotional problems? Which is of course a kind of condescending, patronizing thing to say. But he means in the sense of, has she been known to be sort of standoffish or... It, or
1: to disappear or without to disappear telling because, anyone where she is. Yeah,
0: and so when, yeah. when he's like, can you tell me more about what, what that about, the only reason why he asks is because he says, now I know who my suspect is.
1: Well, yeah, and he also says like, oh, she has a boyfriend, okay, is has she been seeing anyone else? And they're like, no, and he's like, okay, so... It doesn't even seem like he's really insinuating anything. He's just trying to gather information. That's right. Because he knows that he is looking for a first-year college student. That's right. So he's asking the questions that are the most common, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really seem like he's insinuating anything that's that bad.
0: So it's interesting because when you have the discussion with the father of Mm -hmm. that girl, the father is a very prudish man who is... And he's
1: just like, I don't really like the decor in here. Well, he doesn't even approve
0: of the fact that she has... Not a boyfriend, um gentleman caller. Yeah. And and the gentleman caller, you, you had the, the, the best <laughs> line in the movie <laughs> right. When right. he, he well, shows up he, he the, the police station. station. Yeah.
1: yeah, and they're just like, who are you? And he's like, I've been taking her out. Yeah. Like, that's his response. Yeah. Like, he's her boyfriend. But he's just like, I've been taking her out. So- I've um, been
0: taking her to restaurants and paying the bill. Yes,
1: we have been eating. I've been paying and then we go park my car for a little while. Like that's basically what he's saying. Yeah. But it's like he's almost trying to assert this like level of dominance and yeah, like, then, like this "Who are I'm you? Here. Well, I'm the man who's been paying for some of the things she's been eating." <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm here. Of course I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, but you know what? That the, that boyfriend character he really wasn't painted in a negative light oh, at no, all no, no. Yeah, like yeah. he he's actually like he's he, throughout but, the whole movie he's very concerned about her he's like trying to get the police to take the other girls seriously mm-hmm. he shows up with the other girl from the sorority and goes i've been taking her out this is her sorority sister mm-hmm. she called you earlier yeah. like and oh. he's all like why weren't they taking you seriously yeah. like He's not really trying to run the show at all. He's just being supportive, actually.
0: Well, the, the whole argument uh, in the movie is just listen to what these these women are saying. Yeah. Because the, the even the mother shows up and says my daughter is missing, and to the policeman's credit, he's like, okay, I believe you. Let's yeah. let's go run a. And run then a they search.
1: they yeah they organize an entire search party, and, and I was I was wondering like what okay so did that have anything to do with anything else?
0: Maybe? No, so I I do want to talk about that. Okay. Um, Simply as a matter of world building. But I also want to talk about how how refreshing it is that in this movie, maybe because it's set in Canada, shit with the police <laughs> gets done. You know? It like, gets done. Like, like they are
1: on it. They have someone at the phone the company. Day. They have somebody like searching. It's not even like a oh, has she been missing for 72 hours? Yeah. Then we'll take it seriously. The, the, it's like the same day. The
0: police are in the picture or in the equation. I guess you could say that there should have been more of a police presence maybe in the movie, but they're I think they deal with it. To a proportional level of they're not entirely certain that something fishy is going on yeah. but, they are, but they're at least trying to investigate. investigate yeah
1: like it's just interesting to see the gender politics in a movie like this versus a movie like the zero boys or even a movie like christine mm. how do they talk to and about women in those movies versus this one yeah it's worlds apart
0: it's also just watching it today i'm capable of watching it without cringing
1: Yeah, no, there were really no cringeworthy moments in this entire movie. Even, like, there weren't even really any parts, like I said, where the characters acted in a stupid way. It Mm -hmm. seemed like this is exactly what they should be doing. Yeah. Um, And I'm always really happy when I see a horror movie like that, because I get really, really frustrated when characters will just make really stupid moves. And in this movie, it seemed like, yeah, this this is exactly how I would respond to the situation. Because they don't know who the killer is. They don't know. It's very uncertain we're just gonna spoil this little part it's very unusual in a movie to not definitively find out who the killer is So I think it's, it's like
0: this takes us into the element of world building that I wanted that we were kind of alluding to earlier uh, with who kills the girl in the park we don't know is it the, is it the killer that kills the girl in the park or yeah. just does it happen to be another kind of yeah, ran, we, random we don't
1: know who kills either. there's a little girl who's killed in the park. We, we never see this girl getting killed. Yeah. It doesn't.
0: There's no sort of salacious details about a guy. You know, none of it is kind of a prurient slasher. It
1: just kind of heightens experience. the tension.
0: Yeah, this world just feels genuinely unsafe.
1: Yeah, like it just it it feels like a place where you can just have a normal, you know. Christmas break with your sorority girls where everyone's like, oh, okay, I'm going home. And the whole thing starts with like one of them saying, I'm going home, and everyone thinking she's gone, so not really noticing that she's actually missing for a little while. And, yeah, it feels like this totally safe environment, and all of a sudden a kid gets killed in a park. And it's like the whole neighborhood gets involved kind of thing. Yeah. And you never really find out what the connection is, and it's unusual for me to see a movie that doesn't really focus on the killer. Like, I was very surprised because... You can tell that the killer has had some trauma. Well, obviously. But you can tell the killer has had some trauma related to a baby or a... Yeah. I thought that there would be some yeah. connection kind of later on because, like, who who is Agnes? Who is Billy? Who are these people? You never find out!
0: You never find out, but there's all these very interesting parallel stories that are going on right, in the movies. So right. there's the, the story of what happened with him and Agnes. Yeah. There's the story of what happened with that little girl. There's the story of what happened with Olivia Hussey and Keir Dully, yeah. uh before the movie starts? And all of these narratives are kind of getting played out yeah. at the same time. Well, and you get
1: the sense that, like, there, there's, there's definitely a parallel. And we've just been parallel. dropped in here. Yeah, you have been dropped into it. You have no idea. I was even mentioning probably about 20 minutes to 30 minutes into the movie that, unlike other movies, at no point do you really see anyone that you suspect could be the killer. Like, you kind it's not of like do, Scream. But, it, yeah, it's not obvious where, like, Like I I thought for a movie like this, because I knew this movie was mostly... The only thing I knew about this movie was that it was a slasher movie that was set around Christmas and had to do with sorority girls. So immediately my expectation was that there was going to be some kind of like... Sorry to say it, but some kind of like spurned male character who would then kind of take revenge on the women. Because that is a trope, especially from this time period, that I'm very, very familiar with. At no point in the movie do you see anybody who fits that profile at all, and that's why it's never really clear who the killer is. Like, you do have some suspicions at, at certain points, but you, you don't understand the connection between really anything. And, you know, you have the, the scene with one girl that's killed and then the dead baby doll in her arms and she's in a rocking chair, and then the killer is kind of chanting things like Agnes and Billy and what we did, all this horrible thing we did. So It's like you don't really know what that means. You have a feeling that it has to do with the Olivia Hussey plot, sort of, and maybe that's why she's targeted, but either way, I should say this. I am not frustrated that you don't find out who the killer is. This
0: is also what's so amazing about this movie is that all of these elements contribute to the sort of sum total of its effect, which is to... Thoroughly disconcert and discomfort you, like you you end that movie and you just feel, ugh, like you just feel yeah. anxious, which yeah. is a great feeling to have from a horror movie. And this is why I think it still is an effective movie because most horror movies I end and I think, well, that was pointless.
1: Well, a lot of horror movies you end and the killer is definitively
0: killed or, or cannot be killed
1: or cannot be killed. And then the movie kind of ends with this cheesy, like, actually, back. And it's like, this movie kind of makes the ending so unclear to the point where you're scared. You're still scared. You don't really think it's cheesy. You're actually just kind of scared at the end because you're like, it didn't really tie up a few loose ends. I'm surprised that I still feel scared. Like, this movie had the effect that I think more modern movies try to have on you when it's just like, Surprise! The killer's still alive, like, yeah. right in the last five seconds of the movie. Well,
0: let's get into spoiler territory at this point. I think 20 minutes in, people are are, are okay with us right. spoiling it. So Hope if you so. if you still want to watch this movie and you haven't watched it yet, stop listening to us and go watch this movie and then come back and listen to this. If you're watching it and you want to have it spoiled for you, let's, let's spoil it. Okay, so right. the ending of the movie.
1: The I, I don't of, think yeah. there's
0: a lot of confusion for me about what, what happened.
1: Well, there's no confusion because... Well, okay, there's confusion in the sense that you still don't know who it is.
0: You don't... Yeah, so I don't think it matters who it is.
1: Yeah, and that's what I meant when I said, like, I wasn't upset that you don't find out. Right.
0: Because I don't think
1: that's the point.
0: Do you know what the phone call means at the end?
1: The phone call means that whoever the killer still is is still in the house.
0: But they also have... There's a line that says he was calling after every murder.
1: Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. Yeah, so you think it's implied that he murdered her at the end. Well... Okay. So
0: there's there's no final girl left.
1: Okay. I didn't even really think of it like that. No. I thought the movie That's why ended... he's
0: calling again at the end. Well, That's I why thought the credits the movie... are playing, because there's no one left in the movie who's to alive. To answer the...
1: Oh my God, oh my God. Okay, okay, wait. That actually really is changes things for me right now, because... That's the... why I
0: felt so anxious at the end of it, because she loses.
1: Right. Okay, I didn't even think of it that way. The way I thought of it was the phone keeps ringing, and all I thought was he's still in there. And the movie ends and I'm like, in the pretend future of this movie universe, she'll get killed. But it Mm. makes more sense that she actually does get killed and the phone ringing goes on for the entire credits Mm -hmm. because there's nobody left alive to answer the phone. That's
0: right. Oh my
1: God, yes! Yeah. (laughs) That makes so much more sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't think of it like that at all. I just thought like, oh, it's ominous. He's going to kill again, but there's like nobody left to, to kill.
0: Well, so he goes on to kill again in every other horror movie that's ever existed that involves a phone since because this is the prototype. Is he
1: the killer from Scream? He's the spirit (laughs) of the killer from Scream. Oh my god! Yeah, the phone call thing is—it's funny because like the phone call thing is not a new thing to anyone who's seen any horror movie, Mm -hmm. but in this movie, it kind of is because it's not like the cheesy "Do you like what's your favorite scary movie?" There's no
0: conversation. There's no
1: conversation. It's nonsensical. You can really
0: tell. How there's an obvious distinction between the conversations because when she picks up the phone and some there's a very rough masculine voice that says who is this Mm -hmm. and that puts her at ease to hear someone say who is this because
1: it's a normal sentence because
0: it's an obvious yeah Yeah. there's a clear logic behind the sentence of what's going on whereas this is almost it's almost like every time she picks up the phone it's like a a time capsule to the past it's like she's tapping into a The conversation that went on 20 years ago and so I love the use of technology in this movie even though it's 1974 as a kind of transportive technology so it transports through time and it transports in space so she's having a conversation with a guy who's also, this spoiler alert, territory. He's in the house. He's in the house the whole time. Yeah, So the there's whole the time. collapse of distance between them, which okay, is I already happening out, though, What I can figure out though
1: is it's not actually possible unless there's two lines in the house to Oh, call I think you missed that line. There call. is a line
0: where the police detective says, uh, "Oh well, I tap this line. What? What about the other line?" And he's like, "Oh no, don't worry about that line. It's just the the it belongs to the matron and it never gets used."
1: Okay, I must have missed that part, because the whole time I was kind of thinking, like, you can't actually do that in a yeah. house. If you pick up both phones, you'll just hear the dial tone the yeah. whole time. Yeah, so
0: in, I think in a, in a lesser movie that was trying to sort of scare you with the, the real reveal of the calls are coming from inside the house, that that, no, that that information wouldn't have been suppressed, but that they would have suppressed the fact that the killer was in the house. That they yeah. wouldn't have, In this movie, they let you know the killer's the, in the house right the away. whole time.
1: And it From actually the,
0: the, the second shot in the movie. Well, the killers, yeah, and it's interesting uh, because
1: it's still really scary because you feel the tension the entire time. You know that every single person who goes upstairs and is alone is going to get killed. And yeah, it would have been a very different movie if you only find out at the end that the killer was there the whole time.
0: I would but, really love to know if Steven Spielberg had seen this before he made Jaws, because Jaws comes out the, the the next the next year, and it's uh, the same thing. Of there's this whole open ocean, mm-hmm. um, and so but you know the shark is in this ocean. You know the killer is in this house, and it's a question of where, where, and when will he strike?
1: Yeah, you know that he's there, and it doesn't make it less scary because you kind of just expect that things are going to happen. Our cats are having like a bit of a tussle right now.
0: Uh, violent movies creates violence in animals. Of course, of course, they, they feel they the watch the, the, the movie with us. They feel the tension. They both watch
1: the movie with us. They got They angry. were sitting on the couch with us. This movie was awesome. I uh, I really really liked it, and I. I, I felt genuinely scared for a movie that's very old. Like, it, it always surprises me when that happens. Because I sometimes I really, really dislike the way newer slasher movies are just really over the top. Mm-hmm. With just how they shoot things and how they linger on they shots overcut. for way too long. and well they, well, they overcut, but they also linger on other things for way
0: too long. Well, they they have to fake you out. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, they weren't even... But, but this is also why I find it so interesting is that... You, this movie i think demonstrates that you don't need to either a treat the audience like an idiot or try to second guess what the audience might already know mm-hmm. it's it's i think for this it's like they want to tell a story and they tell the story and that's what happens and it's yeah. not a matter of how can we tell this how can we tell the scares it's how can we tell the story
1: yeah, it didn't really seem built on jump scares. It there just, aren't
0: that many in the there movie. There aren't that many. No. But when they happen, they're I think they're much more frightening. Like when it and it's something as simple as a character walks into the room and the door shuts.
1: Yeah, because And that's like,
0: terrifying. There
1: also isn't like a massive swell of music any time a jump scare is about to happen. Yeah. So yeah, you're right, there are not that many but they're and, effective
0: and i and i think the the excellence of this movie is that it doesn't rely on its jump scares mm-hmm. you know i i don't think that if if you were to recommend this movie you wouldn't say oh it's a really like jump scary movie
1: no it's almost like i, I would describe this movie as a slasher but also like a drama yeah, <laughs> at the same
0: time and i think this is what i'm trying to say is that it. It functions as its own narrative, as its mm-hmm. own story. Like, I don't think I would ever watch Scream. I, I love Scream. Scream is one of my favorite movies, but I watch it because it's a slasher movie. Yeah. This movie I can watch because it's a drama.
1: Well, I think Scream is also a drama in the sense of it, you know.
0: Scream's a bad example. Scream's a great movie. Yeah, I, Scream I, is
1: like, I, I enjoy the fact that Scream is mostly revolved around a woman who, like, nobody believes, <laughs> no matter what she says yeah. about being in danger and being stalked and all of the, you know, yeah. Uh, all the meta stuff that happens in it, like Scream, Scream Three is a great movie. Scream Three, I watched because okay, it's a slasher. 3, yeah, yeah. That's all I have to say about this movie. It's a great movie. You should go watch it. Um, even though we've kind of spoiled it, it's still really worth watching. Like it's.
0: This is what I mean. Even though we've talked about it, yeah, I I still think there's merit in actually observing this.
1: I'm glad I saw this. If you want to tell your friends that you've seen probably the first slasher movie ever made, and that it was filmed in Canada at the University of Toronto by Canadian filmmakers, watch this. <laughs>
0: It's a moment of, uh, it's a Canada, Canadian heritage moment.
1: Oh my god, it should be in one of those Canadian heritage videos.
0: It totally should be. Yeah, like just have this. have Billy screaming into the phone. This for... and
1: like Laura Secord, like just <laughs> side by side.
0: Okay, well on that note. On it, that note. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And uh, enjoy getting scared.
1: Billy, Billy! Agnes, what have we done? Don't tell him what we did.